Well, again, welcome to Christ the King. If you are our guest, I bring greetings from our rector, David Glade, who has just uh, returned from northern Kenya to Nairobi and will be traveling back to the States uh, soon. You can be praying for David and Hayden and the team's travels today. It's my privilege to introduce, though he's a familiar face to most of you, Albert Thompson, who will be sharing our pulpit this morning, opening God's word for us. Albert is a war and conflict historian and teaches at, I think, no less than four DC institutions of higher education this particular semester. That's, yes, four. You can appreciate the demand and the importance of the study of history and conflict in our time, and especially this week, perhaps. So I'd like to, Albert, invite you up and pray for your opening of God's word to us this morning. Lord God, would you take Albert's words and speak through them? Would you take our minds and think through them? Would you take our hearts and set them on fire for love of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. All right, thank you, Peter. Uh, Just a quick word of prayer from me. Gracious Lord, thank you for this congregation. Thank you for our land and our peace. Have mercy upon us, Lord, and all your people throughout the world. Amen. All right, this has been a a very interesting week uh, for people who are in my field. Uh, Lots of stuff to talk and discuss. This has also been an interesting time to have uh, Transfiguration Sunday as this sermon has uh, been transfigured. Originally, I was supposed to preach for MLK Sunday, and then David called me a few days before and said, you know, I'm thinking I really need to preach this Sunday. Can I move you to the end of February? And I said, well, you kind of wanted me to do the the light of the world. And he says, light of the world, transfiguration. I'm sure you can make it all work together. (laughs) I took that as a vote of David's confidence in my my ability to do this, but it has meant a, a bit reworking of what to share today. It is interesting how the world has transformed in just the last week and how in so many ways it hasn't. While many people have been shocked by the conflict in Ukraine, many other conflicts have been raging around the world, often unnoticed, from the Democratic Republic of the Congo to northern Nigeria to the conflict between Ethiopia, Eritrea, and the Tigrayans to Southeast Asia. It's not as though the world has been very peachy lately. And then everyone has suffered from the dislocations and civil disturbances related to the pandemic and everyone's stress and frankly fed up of having to wear a mask and be on lockdown in various stages. It has been a very difficult time. And that is exactly when Christ comes to meet us in these difficult times. You know, it has been looked at different ways throughout Christian history of the the transfiguration of how the church has viewed it. Some have referred to it as almost a metamorphosis of Christ Um, The Vulgate renders it as transfiguratus est, but the synoptic gospels explain that his face did shine as the sun and his garments became as white as snow, or as the Vulgate says in the Latin, as light. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ, which is also fittingly the last book of our canon, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The public rollout of Jesus' life as it was for everyone else begins with his baptism by John. Uh, It's traditionally seen that in this event, it ends with Christ being claimed by the Father. He's baptized by John, as it says in Matthew chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. 
Then Jesus came up from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now this was the first public endorsement of Christ by the Father, the claiming of Christ as his Son, this revelation to those who were there, this is who you are to follow, this is how you are to be shown my way. Now, the transfiguration, then, is the second endorsement of Christ. And who endorses Christ? Not just the Father, but also Moses and Elijah. Now, Moses is important because it was Moses who was God's instrument to deliver Israel from bondage in Egypt, to take them through the wilderness, to perform God's miracles, to humble the greatest power on earth, and then to take the children of Israel to receive God's word, his law, and to learn the true religion. And what then is religion? From the Latin religio, to be bound together, to be brought together. And the thing that bound Israel together was the law and God's word, which set them apart from all other nations and made them truly a people. And is that Moses who descends to endorse Christ as the way, to bind and make us as the church eventually into a new people? And then Elijah, the great prophet during the time of the divided kingdom, who preached to the northern kingdom, which had fallen into the worship of devils and demons. It was Elijah who called northern Israel to repentance, to reunion with God, who performed great miracles, such as calling fire down from heaven, and even, yes, resurrecting the dead. And afterwards, Elijah raised up disciples, like Elisha, to carry on his work after he himself was carried into heaven on chariots of fire. These two appear and endorse Christ. And it is then that this becomes central to Peter. Peter himself writes in 2 Peter chapter 1, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, and we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So for Peter, his entire witness is based on the fact that he saw the transformation of Christ and the revelation of who else. He is testifying as to what he has seen. Not rumor, not hearsay, I saw him transformed. I know of whom I speak. John mentions this in his first chapter. And he says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son of the father, full of grace and truth. 
Now, the radiance of Jesus' face, as I have heard uh, preached by uh, even our bishop, is his glory revealed, which interestingly enough is immediately followed by his descent into the demon-infested valley where he is challenged and tempted by Satan. That is an interesting chronology. Christ is first revealed, his transformation is made known, and then he immediately descends into the valley. As it says in the very next chapter of Matthew, chapter 4, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. So again, Christ is being lifted up. At the transfiguration, he is lifted up. And now the temptation, he is lifted up. And a third time for us, he'll be lifted up when he is placed on the cross. And the Satan said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory, and said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. As those angels came to Christ, so Christ comes to us in our moment of need. Christ was revealed so that he could then descend with us into our murky, messy, chaotic, sad, depressed, wounded, and spiritually assaulted lives. That is what he is being revealed to. He is the Redeemer, the Savior, the Comforter, and we know this not just because we have heard it, but because we experience it as believers, that we testify, as Peter did, to what he has seen and to what we have experienced, that Christ meets us when we need him. He is lifted up on the cross where his sacrifice is made for our sins. This matters to us purely because his identity has been revealed to us. We know who he is. He was revealed in Judea and Samaria and the Galilee long ago. He continually is revealed to us today that even as we pray for peace in Ukraine, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, let us also think that the true revelation of peace is the revelation of Jesus Christ, that what the world needs is what it has always needed, as it needs to have Christ revealed to it. And then, and only then, can humanity turn from their wicked ways because they have been brought into reunion with their Redeemer. Amen. <laughs>